For Nerds by Nerds Production. Welcome back to another episode of For Nerds by Nerds. We're doing another hanging with the homies, everybody. That's the show where we... Me and Josh sit and hang out because we have cool conversations. We've been talking for an hour and a half already and decided to start recording. Yeah. (laughs) This is officially the first episode out of over 200 episodes that I have not done the intro for. This is a a landmark (laughs) event. Hello, people. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) This is awesome. I've asked both, both Ben and Tammy to do the intro. And they both have declined. <laughs> well, that's who you show. That shows you who your real p- podcast co-host is, right here. <laughs> <laughs> we ought to do a disc dump yeah. again someday. Um. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Those bi-yearly episodes that come. Out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little more serious about it. I'm trying to like engage in social media more and. Uh, I have scheduled like eight now and I'm like, oh shit. Now I have to like actually start doing things again, like editing. <laughs> so yeah, the bank is empty. Yeah, I keep thinking about making videos, but it takes, it's a lot of work. Like yeah. even to make a short video. Yeah. I'm not going to be making videos. I want to put out quality. <laughs> Once I get my new setup going, I'll start thinking about it. Cause I'll actually have something to look at. So yeah, we'll see, see how it goes. But yeah, anyway, so, I want to start this episode off here with I Just Found a Gem. It's from the year 2011. We can go through these one by one and talk about them a little bit. Um, it's a handwritten love note that I wrote Miles. Yep. <laughs> In 2011, <laughs> 10 years before we met. <laughs> um, I'm his time time machine's husband. What is it? Time traveling husband? What's something that like that. <laughs> time traveler's the husband. Time traveler's wife. <laughs> So the top of this page says life goals 11 to 2011. Uh, <laughs> and at the time, how old are you at this point? At this point, I was 20. Yep. It says intentionally missed opportunities are the fuel for regret. I wrote at the top. <laughs> um, number one, create a full length comic book. That's a check mark for me, bro. I've made one and a half. So there's oh, that. Shit. I made a comic book. Me and my buddies from high school, we, we call ourselves BSK because it stands for like beatboxing because we did an awful lot of that back in the day. This was a poor example of what that sounds like. And uh, we just continuously had comic books running where we would like make silly little comics that are like a page or two. And then about, I don't know. Four or five years after this list was made, I made an epic comic with everybody we've ever made comics about, and also the people we were interacting with daily then, and it was great. And like we had nem- like we had bad guys and good guys. They were all real people, but like people we didn't associate with and shit. That's your real life story is describing the story of Captain Underpants. It's pretty much it. Yes. <laughs> 
the, the one I opened up the sequel today. I just was like going through shit in my office and I found the sequel to this comic book. I opened it up and the opening scene is I come from a town called Dallas Town. And uh, I opened it up. The opening scene was us going into the Dallas Town Asylum, and like the room, every like cell had somebody's name on the top of it. And these are all people that are real people. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. So yes, I have created a full-length comic. Number two, join or form a performing band. I I joined a band that I was a forming member of once, but it definitely wasn't anything like that. You ever play in a band, Josh? Well, I'm one part of the most epic rap trio of all time. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Them horror boys. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. The way me and Miles, if you don't know, me and Miles do another podcast called high on horror no it's not Chris it's called geek peak it's it's called high on horror don't get that twisted of course yes listen to the show to understand what that reference is <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we do a horror movie podcast with our boy chris who does geek peak we all were three three separate podcasters came together like voltron <laughs> to form one epic podcast and uh that started because we we recorded a review of every episode of season two of Masters of Horror on Miles' show, The Distant Podcast. And it's just horrendous horror that Miles <laughs> loves <laughs> and tells us, uh, tells us it's amazing. And uh, it was such a fun experience that we turned that into a whole show of doing horror movies. Um, and in one of those episodes, we created our very own original rap <laughs> about <laughs> the masters of horror where we all had adopted nicknames miles is m money <laughs> i'm jay honcho and chris is the dirty dog <laughs> if you type in, if you type in on uh i believe it's spotify or wherever you get your podcast masters of horror by high on horror it'll pop up and it's a joy it's by far the most played episode of my podcast <laughs> yeah most played track of 2021. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was an episode where, like, we were like, and now we're going to rap. Hit it, Miles. And that's how the episode ended. And then I was, like, <laughs> editing them months later. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Guys, we got to do this. So uh, we made a funny, funny rap song. And Chris messed up who the lead people who worked on the show was and yeah, it was hilarious does the practical effects mick garris who is the guy who yeah. created hocus pocus <laughs> <laughs> not a practical effects artist. not a practical effects artist so yep that's uh that's the closest thing i've gotten to join or perform join or form a performing band i guess i can cross but, that one off but you can play the guitar that's a strong word for what i do to a guitar but yes <laughs> yeah, like I can't, I can't play anything. Like I have no. <laughs> it's gonna sound awful. Uh, I have no like talents like that. Like I don't play any instruments. I don't play like any sports. Like I'm not. I don't. I'm not like a good drawer. Like I have no. I have no like fun skills like that. Josh, you're I can cook. You're, you're the Tom Brady of podcasting, Josh. You don't realize <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> You hear that, folks? 35 and living in my parents' basement because I'm the Tom Brady podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But, I mean, just because you don't have artistic talents doesn't mean you have no talent, Josh. Come on. Yeah, that's why I said it's going to sound horrible. <laughs> but I don't mean it in a horrible way. <laughs> He's a good dad, everybody. That's a talent. I'm trying. I'm really trying to turn my life upside down. Turning that frown upside down and uh, improving things. Home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it, brother. I don't even need to go, oh, oh, oh. Or whatever it is they did in that no, show. No, but I appreciate when you do. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the list. This is a long list. There's 23 things on here, several of which Jesus, are crossed what, off. What, you weren't busy at 20 years old. You had time to write a fucking 20-point list. I was really into introspection back then, let me tell you. Number three is write a stand-up comedy routine. And I think I'm closer to doing that than ever before. I think I might actually oh, have yeah. a shot at that. I always wanted to try that, just in like a small place that doesn't have a lot of people, just to see how if I if I was good, then I would try it again. Like, but I used to like write stand up jokes in my head, and I'd always forget to write them down, and then they're just gone. Yep. And now my life's so busy, my brain doesn't work like that anymore. It's really hard to fight through that. Like, that's a funny thought I just had. Write it down. Read it later. You don't have the same cadence. You don't have the same mood, and you're like. That was dumb. Like, why did yeah, I think that was you don't remember exactly what the fuck you were thinking. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I'm really, truly, like, considering it. Like, if we ever do... I'm thinking about, like, I've tried to pull a group of local podcasters together and do a live show. And basically what stopped them from wanting to do it, I was like, yeah, we each do a tight five between shows. And they're like, no, nah, we're, we're not doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still, like, there's a place called Magoobies in Baltimore, well, it's Timonium technically, but it's by Baltimore. And um, they do open mic nights, and I am very strongly considering doing it. I don't have, like, I didn't write down my material yet. I have lots of stuff floating around in my brain at all times. But, like, if you ask me to tell you a joke right now, I'm not going to have it. But it's I definitely have the mind for it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something I definitely want to do someday. Uh, number four is create a TV show and thoroughly finish the script for one episode. Just one. Just do it <laughs> once, Miles. You can yeah, do it. Yeah. And uh, scripts are hard. You had 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> scripts are hard, though. Like uh, That was my goal was I wanted to make TV. And scripts are exclusively dialogue. You can't be like, he said this with a twinkle in his eye and a, a stick up his ass. Like he doesn't, you don't say that. Like you just write the dialogue and you let the actors take over. And I don't trust other people enough to get my vision across through just dialogue, which is why I never was successful at doing this. I feel like some scripts, I mean, that sounds like a sitcom, but I mean, like, I feel like some scripts have notes in between. To yeah. Be like what what sort of emotions need to be conveyed? They do like Breaking Bad was Breaking Bad did everything TV shouldn't do and it became the most successful TV show of all time. But like typical if you're a nobody off the street, you give them a script with just dialogue. You very minimal in between just to, like you do scene, exterior, dark woods at night. These are our characters and then through their dialogue you need to express what's happening. So, because I'm not Vince Gilligan, a man who is famous for writing on the X-Files, I can't just be like, here's what I want to happen in my show. It's very difficult to get anyone to pay attention to a script in the first place. 
So like it, it's a very challenging and very different thing from writing a comic book about your friends going to Dallas Town Asylum, you know? Yeah. Ice Cube wrote the script for Friday because he just like he was he was in other movies before. I think when he when he had the script for uh, Boys in the Hood, he just took this like he didn't have any like you know writing background or anything. He just took the structure from how the script was written. He's like, oh yeah, you put their name and then you like you underline that and then you write what they're saying underneath. Like he just took the format and went home and wrote the script for Friday. That's yeah, that's how you write TV shows. And every full page of dialogue is a minute of TV. So you need to write yeah. fifty pages of pure dialogue to make a an, an episode of a TV show that's a fifty minute long show. So it's it's extremely challenging, but again, I'm up for that challenge. I think I could really do it. Um, yeah. Uh, next one is to kiss a specific girl, and that one is crossed off. Booyah. That's me. Hell yeah. Miles <laughs> got it. I got it. I kissed her, and I never saw her again, and it was awesome. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Number six is a real gem. Learn to play every song by the band Seether. <laughs> <laughs> every song? They all can't be good, Miles. There weren't as many in 2011 as there are now in my defense. <laughs> there was still too many for all of them to be good in 2011. I had all of the... They used to do this. They don't do it anymore. I had all of the books that were learned to play this entire album by this band. I had yeah. all of them for Seether up to that point. And oh, geez. Who would have thought a popular rock band... Some of those songs are pretty hard to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, never so. never accomplished that. I got a couple of good ones in there, but not like I could do the the biggest hit popular songs like uh, if I gave you the truth would it keep you alive? Like I can play that shit easy peasy. But they have some other stuff that's actually like talent based. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh I can play some guitar. I'm definitely not anything special. In the same note, I wrote, learn how to read music. Again, that's as hard. as real hard. hard. Yeah. I took guitar in high school because we had, like, a guitar class. And I always wanted to learn how to play guitar. But I'm left-handed, and I was the only left-handed person in class. So they refused to teach me how to play left-handed. That's a bad teacher right there. Yeah, because they didn't want to have to restring my guitar. That is a pain in the dick, don't get me wrong, but Johnny Cash was a lefty, and what he did was he just flipped a guitar over and played a six-string, regularly strung guitar backwards, and yeah. he's fucking Johnny Cash, and I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, I'm not good with names, I'm pretty sure that uh, Jimi Hendrix did the same thing, the greatest guitarist of all time, with the exception of maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan. So, yeah, the no. lefties are good, man. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm not saying they're bad, but when you start at 17 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one is own a BC Rich Draco. Do you know what kind of guitar that is? No. You should Google that shit right now. It's a fucking badass flying V guitar that looks like it has flames. As like, It looks like it's flames. It's awesome. And uh, when I wrote this, a BC Rich Draco was $1,400. Now it's like, three hundred dollars <laughs> things have changed so uh not a good guitar i probably will never own one because i don't need no. it it looks cool though right yep 
If you turn it upside down, it kind of looks like Satan. Yep, it's pretty <laughs> badass. <laughs> I have a BC Rich, you can actually see it behind me, a BC Rich Trace War Beast, which is the one that the guy from Slayer designed. And uh, I'm, I'm learning to do that guitar the way that you're supposed to do that guitar. <laughs> so <laughs> right now I'm learning BFG Division the from the Doom soundtrack. And that <laughs> song's dope as fuck. So dope, it's... <laughs> Super, super easy to do. I just suck at guitar, so I have not yet mastered it. Um, this is where things start to get interesting. Number nine, invent something to make the world a better place. <laughs> Got nothing on that front, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you. You created podcasts. Yeah, I am making podcasts. Are people listening to this dump and going, man, that changed my life? I certainly hope so. The answer is that's not happening. But, you know. Might have changed their day momentarily. Yeah, hear me rap the gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> That'll go well. Um, it's have not... you ever wanted to hear people talk about basic instinct? We did that <laughs> once. Episode 69. Uh, yep. I was like. The sexiest episode ever. <laughs> yep. It was supposed to be something else, and I was like, wait a minute, I need some horny boys to help me do that. So I called on Chris and Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, after that is write a book, self-explanatory. See, Graz, Austria is number 11, which is where my grandfather is from. Oh. Did I ever tell you that my grandfather was in the Hitler Youth? You did, yes. You told me about his war crimes. <laughs> they weren't war crimes, but yeah, my grandfather was in the Hitler Youth. He got drafted when he was seven years old. Seven. That's crazy. Yeah, you ever watch Jojo Rabbit? I haven't. I really want to see it. It looks great. I think I'm, I'm gonna, let's see if it's streaming. That is a great fucking movie. That movie is excellent. And in that movie, you'll see that the kids in the Hitler Youth, what they would do is they'd put two kids to a rocket launcher. They'd put one kid in the front to aim and shoot, and the other kid just to hold it up. And uh, my grandpa was the kid in the front. So he his job when he was seven years old was to blow up American tanks. And apparently he did his job very well because he was not in any battles that were lost. So my grandpa killed a lot of people. And when I talked to him about it, he did not like it. So, yeah, yeah he uh, he has all he had all kinds of stories back when he was alive. There's a lot to it. I'm sure that people want to hear more about it. But, yeah, it, it's it's dark. It's dark. He would talk about having, like, whoever wins the battle has to clean up the battlefield. So, like, mass graves and shit. It's dark. Yeah, yeah, can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't like thinking about it. Uh, anyway, next one, number twelve. Record my philosophical and religious views. I got. I have no idea what I where I was going with that shit. <laughs> well, lay them out, Miles. We're recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that the world could be a better place. <laughs> I don't know what I would even say. I don't. I don't subscribe to any mainstream religions or anything. Like I, I don't. I think that religion, largely all the mainstream ones, were designed to control people, which is most easily seeable with Catholicism. Like it couldn't be more clear with Catholicism, and it, that is a very scary religion. Uh, not to talk shit on Catholics, but the structure of your religion is bad. So I don't know. Are you a religious man? Uh, I was raised religious. Like, I had to go to church with my grandma, even though my parents didn't go to church. And, uh, yeah, like, 
I believe in God, but I'm open to what... I'm open to every possibility of what that could possibly mean. Like, even if it's just, like, an energy of the universe or whatever. Like, I feel a sense of being here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm more than my parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So, yeah. Like, I don't know what happens when you die. Like, but I don't s- subscribe to any, like, organized religion. Like, because... Like, I believe in God, but I don't care if people are gay. I don't, like, right. like I don't care about any of that shit. I don't, I don't think that God is going to punish me for swearing or, like, it's who you are as a person. It's not, like, it's your intent that what makes you a bad person or a good person. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, yes, some of it is actions, but those actions are very extreme. They're not, you know, little slip-ups that make you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the term animism? Like, the the concept, the religious structure of animism? No. No, I've never heard that one. Animism is, uh, the basis of animism is that every living thing has a quote-unquote soul, like a unified energy that everything comes from and everything goes back to kind of turns into reincarnation that kind of stuff and to a degree i kind of believe in that in that we are everything comes from something life is not like life is its own thing now rocks and stuff like they have their own kind of structure that isn't necessarily not alive it's just different so, like, being able to commune with nature, let's say. Like, perhaps if somebody ate magic mushrooms, not that I ever would have done that many times, you <laughs> definitely, like, it ascends you into... You experience reality differently, but what it opens your eyes to is this new perspective of, like, oh... Life has an electric field, like a, a f- you can literally feel life all around you, especially if you do it in the woods, raining and all that. Like you really become one with the earth and the earth, I feel like, is its own entity. So then you go out into the universe. So all these people who are like, no, earth is the only one because Jesus was here is strange to me because how can you believe in the existence of life, but think it's a microcosm on one speck in the vastness of the entire universe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's like... But I also feel like it would be safe to say, because I think it's... it's, Let's go on, on the premise that there is no God. Every major civilization that's ever existed has had some sort of deity. Right. That is, you could say from a psychological aspect, that that is our brains trying to comprehend and understand our own mortality. As we create and hope that there is this afterlife where we are rewarded or in paradise or, you know, live forever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
that is to kind of soften your mind mm. to the inevitability that you will die. Right. Like, and that's why I kind of look at it the way I look at it and look at it as like, like, we are here. This is a miracle that we exist. Especially you and me existing at this fucking time in human history. We could have been cavemen. We could have lived during the Black Plague. I saw a thing the other day that says, you know how, like, life expectancy in the 1700s was only 25 years old. The reason that that is, people think, oh, so people were just dying. Most people were dead before they were 27. No. Infant mortality rate was so extremely high that it skewed the number down from what the average actual age of dying was, which was about 75. Right. Down to 25 because living past two was very, very fucking hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But then, like, that also begs the question. Okay, so, like, everybody has a religion. So a lot of those religions are all based on the same thing. Like, modern religions are the way they are now. You don't have a Christmas tree because Jesus liked pine trees. Like, that's taken from paganism and so on and so forth. The guy who got crucified and turned water into wine and stuff, you can take that all the way back to Egyptian religion, where Horus was essentially Jesus. So, you can't say, like, my book says this, so my book is right. There has to be some level of just understanding of where you are in the universe. And then on top of that, there's like all these other crazy theories, like, excuse me. There's one where, uh, I, I watched this TikTok about it of all places to gain information. This guy was talking about how, okay, so anything that can happen will happen. So that's the multiverse. This is everything, right? So your soul is reincarnated over and over to create the what is you versus what was your ancestor versus who you were in other lives and stuff like that. But then you also think of time. Time is a construct of something that just is. So because time is, who's to say that point in that time is who you actually are? Like your spirit is running on time. No, your spirit transcends time. So does that mean that you as this little microcosm of a human are just one. Why are you not all like, why is it not one thing that is everything all of the time? So that's, that's like the concept of God really is that we are all God. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, that's why I said like the spirit of like, like energy of the universe or whatever. Cause like they say, energy never, disappears it just changes transforms into something else right like but i feel like i do feel like i have a soul like whatever the energy that makes up my body is like i i exist you know what i mean Mm. like um i think therefore i am but i don't know yeah but i don't like i see every single side of it which is how I kind of am with everything. But I see it. And people, like, I have a lot of atheist friends. And I've been in fights with them 
but it isn't me being like, no, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is the way, sinners. But their reactions, not even reactions, because they're the ones starting the arguments. Their their attitude is like I'm talking to them like that. Right. Like, I would just be like, yeah, I believe what I believe, and, like, it's cool if you don't. I don't care if you don't believe in God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not thumbing through the Bible and being like, well, it says here in Matthew that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't... I don't care. I have a per- I feel like I have a personal relationship with God. I don't like organized religion. And people would come... Like, my friends would be like... One one dude literally came up to me and was like, oh, you believe in God? I was like, yeah. He's like, you know, that's not real. And I was like... I didn't ask. I didn't ask you. <laughs> those are called confrontational people. Stay away from those. Yeah. That's toxic. Like everyone. Well, every, I don't even know how I brought it up, but like my two friends that are twins, Ben, who's a super atheist, and uh, that guy, Jack, he said that. And I was just like, like Ben, Ben at that point was like, you're either a Bible thumper or you're an atheist. And I'm like, no, there's, there's so many <laughs> levels in between. Yes. It's a vast spectrum. <laughs> like like and I I under, I like I said I understand all sides. I understand that some of this is hardwired into me because I was raised this way. But I like I said I don't like organized religion. I do not follow an organized religion. I'm not a member of any religion because if you if you think part of your message is in any way hateful, well, they, I mean, they probably don't think it is. But if that message that you are sending is in any way hateful, then go fuck yourself. Right. Because most major religions have big sections talking about how it's not your fucking place to judge other people. Right. But also throw <laughs> stones at gay people. <laughs> yeah. But it's so it's like... What broke me on organized religion was I I liked my church. Like, going to church is boring because it's kind of boring. It's all old people, you know. Mm. It's like, it's not really, it's not kid-friendly, really. Except sometimes you hear cool stories about a whale. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my pastor growing up was, he's like, he was like family. He's the nicest old man. He was like a man of God. He was the sweetest man. He was nice to everybody. His wife was really nice. His mom, who was like 90, played the organ. And she was like my grandma. Like she was the sweetest old lady. These were just good people. And then when they retired and moved down south, my grandma moved to the next town over where we lived. They, my parent, my dad, and my grandma started going to this church by my high school, and they made us all go on Christmas Eve one year. And this pastor was an asshole. Hmm. He was like, I got into a cab with a Indian driver. This is his Christmas Eve sermon. <laughs> Let's be honest, he, he didn't say it that way, but go on. <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> I'm sure he could have said it worse. <laughs> but, uh, and he's like, the guy asked me, no, no, no subtext of, I told this man that what I did for a living is spread the word of God. He just goes, this Indian guy looks at me and goes, 
Why do you believe that your God is the real God? Because I'm a, you know, implying because I'm a different religion, I believe in a different God. And he goes, oh, that's easy because my God exists. And I was just like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, really? Jesus. Like, you are a man whose entire life is supposed to be built on faith. Why would he, his God, have any less percentage of a chance of existing than yours does? Right. I also find it very arrogant that all around the world, and not even, like, there are countries that speak English. Like, there are other gods that have names. <laughs> and Christians are like, you know who our god is? He's just God. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> Game of Thrones... There's a big religious debate in Game of Thrones. It's like everyone's like, there is only one God, and he is death. Or there's only one God. He's the God of light. And it's just like, why can't you all just be like, hey, we're here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, why can't we just be cool with it? Like, I had an ex-girlfriend who belonged to a cult, which is a story in itself. But there was a day her dad died. It was a rough rough period of my life when i'm trying to like bring this family together when their patriarch died it was terrible <laughs> really terrible and there was a point where we were literally it was me her her grandma and her two her best friend and her husband and where they everyone in the room was religious but me they all were praising jesus and then they looked at me and there was silence i was like are we doing this right now I guess we're doing this right now. Here we go. And we got into this huge philosophical debate about Jesus and about life and what is existence. And I think that's when I became not the atheist type of person that you said Ben is like, where it's like either you're religious or you're not like atheism is not a religion. It is the belief of an, ex uh, like there is no God there. Like that is, the end all be all there's nothing but that isn't a religion like that is something else that's you just have given up on the idea of philosophical the soul and all that but people treat it differently like atheism encompasses not enjoying organized religion but it it you can be spiritual i'm not religious but I'm spiritual those people like i'm one of those people like that's fine but i'm not going to tell you your religion is wrong i will bring up that like oh hiding pedophilia is a bad thing but i'm not going to be yeah. the one who's <laughs> telling you like oh it's it's terrible that you believe in something that makes you feel better about who you are great if you need rules to tell you not to throw stones at gay people cool just don't do that that's bad don't throw stones at anybody put the stone down and i, <laughs> I went to like uh when i was a little kid i had a religious nanny and she made me go to Sunday school and Bible camp with her kids, which is fine. But it's also where I learned how to fist fight. So it's <laughs> not the right venue for these sorts of things. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, would you, do you have a label? Like, do you label you? Are you like agnostic? Agnostic is the word for pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess that like agnostic just means I'll find out when I get there. 
Which is, like, that's what we all really are, is agnostic. Like, we want to believe something else, but we'll find out when we get there. But I, I lean more towards the animism, like I was talking about. Like, everything that exists is part of one thing. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that's a bad way to look at things, and I don't think it's, like, condemning to anybody. I think we all kind of believe that to some degree. Yeah. The way I always explained it to my friends whenever they would freak out, it always came down to me being like, I don't give a fuck if you believe in the same thing that I believe. You shouldn't care that I believe what I believe. Like, you don't know what I believe. You're just lumping me in with a group of people that I don't belong to. Like... Because, like I said, I don't have a problem with any <laughs> like other with people. If you're not hurting anybody, I don't care what you do. Exactly. Like, good, good on you. Live your best life. Be nice to one another, as Bill and Tay say. Uh, be excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was I going to say with that? Oh, yes. How I would always explain to my friends. I would say that, and I would also say, the way I look at it is, if I die and there is a heaven dope if i die and nothing happens and i go back to the black nothingness of non-existence i won't know the difference yeah right i won't know if it just shuts off and goes blank and i just don't exist anymore i will have no sense of that your brain thinks it's like you would be claustrophobic in some black dark box no you just don't exist anymore and that sucks, and that gives me a lot of anxiety and has my entire life. But I should, and probably I feel like you're, as you get older, your body makes you more comfortable with the fact that, like, you can't control it. It's going to happen to everybody. And it's like, yeah. hopefully it happens when you're old and it happens in your sleep and it's quick and painless. Yeah. And you're lucky as fuck. Hopefully you don't get hit by a car. Hopefully you don't get shot in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully something horrible doesn't happen to you. But, like... So I'm always worried because, like, I know I need therapy. I'm only not going. I'm not avoiding therapy because I want to. It's very <laughs> expensive. Um, but I worry that, like, anything they say won't work for me because, like, I know everything I just said. I know that I shouldn't stress and worry about death, but it constantly gives me anxiety. But I know, like, what do? there's nothing to worry about. You can't avoid it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's inevitable. I understand it's an inevitable conclusion. Everybody's the end of everybody's story is they die. <laughs> right. Like, but it, that doesn't bring me any comfort. No. And of course, there's like the concept of legacy and all that other bullshit. Like, we all know who Caesar is, and he died thousands of years ago. Whatever, whatever. But I don't know. Like, uh, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson said, "Think back to what it was like before you were born." Oh, you can't? It's because you didn't exist. And I think that's what happens when you die. And I thought that was really well put. But Yeah, I heard Dana Carvey say, where was I during medieval times? I don't know. <laughs> and I'll be there. I'll be wherever I was and didn't know I was there. <laughs> like... Exactly. So, like, yeah. The idea of 21 virgins is discouraging because they don't know what they're fucking doing. The idea of Golden Gates is like, cool, Yeah, give me gold. a handful of broads that know a few things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 21 whores is way better. But <laughs> the, the math doesn't give work out. Give me the one though. that's a little rough around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be offensive, but Slap yeah. Slap a couple of calluses on those bumps. <laughs>
Point being, like, golden arches, gold has no value in heaven, or else there would be, like, the 1% in heaven. Nobody wants all that shit. So, anyway, like, the, the point being... Yeah, bleach. Nobody wants a 1%er. No. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that last time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so there's our philosophical discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We take a hard turn at number 13 on my list. Oh, the- I completely forgot. Yeah, we're on a list right here. now. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, how many are left? Uh, there's 23 total. A couple are crossed out. Most of these are pretty quick. Okay. Hard turn at number 13. Ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you ever ride a horse, Josh? I have ridden a horse, yeah. Very sad story. I, oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it quick. I worked with a Swedish lady named Eva. When I worked at Walmart, I had what I called a stable of middle-aged ladies. <laughs> Just all the like mate, late middle-aged ladies that worked there loved me to death. It was like having a bunch of aunts. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Eva. She was at my wedding. like She was the best. She owned a house down the street from me that I drive by every day to drive my kids to school. And it was a horse farm. And she had me come over and ride a horse once. Uh, probably like a year or two ago now uh her boyfriend killed her and put her in the trunk of her car jesus christ and then fled in his car (laughs) and they picked him up in in virginia holy shit that's terrible i'm sorry man yeah she was the nicest lady it sucks so bad i hope that piece of shit gets the chair (laughs) jesus christ because he Guess what? This wasn't a surprise. This motherfucker was a piece of shit the entire time I knew her. Yeah, goddamn. So, that sucks. But yeah, get out there, Miles. Ride a pony. Yeah, I was going to say, point being, you rode a horse once. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's terrible. Um, Next on the list is directly help someone who is in dire need. You do that all the time. I literally do that all the time. Cross Against that one your off. better judgment most of the time. I don't recommend my lifestyle to anybody because that has been a tenet of what makes Miles Miles. <laughs> Miles just got a fourth dog. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Uh, here's a more fun one: have sex in a car, hot tub, airplane, at work, and on Halloween. And a couple of these are crossed off. Which one? Uh, I have crossed off car. That's happened several times. And by several, I mean a lot. Uh, I have at work crossed off because once that happened and it was dope as shit. And on yeah. Halloween, it's crossed off because who hasn't? Uh, but hot tub and airplane are still on the list. I've done all of them but airplane. And in this post 9-11 world, I'd never risk it. Yeah, it seems not like just convincing them like... My girlfriend needs to help me do my makeup. Like, what are you going to say to get both of you in the same bathroom at a time? And then also prevent them from knowing what's going on in there? Yeah, and it's like, it's not a quiet activity. Typically, no. Breathing heavy is loud. (laughs) You ever do it with somebody? You ever do it with someone who it is a quiet activity, though? Yeah, it's not as enjoyable. It's horrifying it's very weird <laughs> yep 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 i do not like it people we like a moaner just give us something let us know we're doing good it's hot <laughs> <laughs> next one is defeat someone skilled in a competition of their choosing 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you training to become a supervillain? <laughs> I just think it would be fucking awesome to be like, you know what I really like? Darts. Oh, I got you. I'm the best at darts there is. And then by some miracle, I accidentally hit all the parts I'm supposed to hit. <laughs> yeah, you want to shark somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Defeat someone skilled at a competition of their choosing. Who wouldn't want to fucking do that? I take that as a feat of strength. <laughs> by the I way. Want that thing they're good at it to be fucking taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> like a combat sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just think it would be great to be like, yo, did you know Miles was a fucking Mortal Kombat fighter? <laughs> <laughs> I fantasize about someday, like, unlocking a part of my brain where I have, like, telekinesis or something, and then the aliens come and they're like, we need to fight the man with telekinesis, and everyone looks at me and I'm like, I guess I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, bring us your champion. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no, <laughs> bring out Conor McGregor, and I'm like, nah, I got this one. <laughs> it's the man in the wolf t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> With the Yu-Gi-Oh hoodie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the thing. By the way, I didn't tell Josh that this was coming, that I had this piece nope. of paper in front of me, because I didn't think of it until we hit record and it was sitting right in front of me. I was like, oh, this could be fun. Anyway, um, next one is give an inspirational speech. I feel like I've done that, but I couldn't tell you who I inspired. Do one right now. Inspire the people. Um, okay. Nothing like being put on the spot. Here we go. You did this to yourself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there will come a time in your life where you need to choose between what is right, what is hard, what is easy, and if it tastes good. And let me tell you, the taste will never be sweeter than when you're in this divide. Don't choose the ice cream. Don't choose the pizza. I need you to choose the deep fried rat that they present you because if given those three choices, how could you pick anything other than deep fried rat when presented with a delicious spaghetti as an option? Or do you want deep fried ham? Nay, nay. What you want is the frog leg. Pick the frog legs, my friend. Pick the promotional thing on the menu. Would you like to try deep fried ice cream? Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Try the deep fried ice cream. Try the thing that sounds bad to you. Because it could be good. You think it would be on the menu because it was bad? No. No, it would not. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be nutritious. And you need to have it in your body. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was my TED Talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll, second, I'll second that. If you're a picky eater, fuck off. Yep, try the <laughs> You people are legs. annoying as shit. It, it, like, <laughs> stop being a pussy and just try something. <laughs> like, <sighs> you're 35 years old, you can't eat chicken tenders everywhere you go. <laughs> Uh, French fries and a burger is always an option, but it's never the right option. Yeah, it's not good for your heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. An inspirational speech. Next yeah, one is bench press my own body weight. That'd be very difficult right now. Go for it. Go for it. 
Bust it out, Miles. I believe in you. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> um, be wealthy doing something I love. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, you're raking in this sweet, sweet podcast dough because your co-host is the Tom Brady of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if only that was true. We gotta put in some of this automated ads for one dollar an episode. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, go to Chumba Casino or whatever. <laughs> FanDuel Get Duel some Sports. alpha brain. <laughs> Stamps.com, baby. Put on your bombus socks and smile, everybody. <laughs> We're getting close to the end here. We're at number nine or number twenty. Conquer a crippling fear. Ah, that's hard. You wrestled that shark that one time. <laughs> sharks are my number one fear. I was literally just thinking about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. swimming with sharks would be that. And I would pee, and they'd be like, mmm, delicious, and bite my dick off. I don't want that. What's your What what fear would you be able to conquer someday, Josh? That I would be able to conquer? I don't know. I'm scared of sharks, but, like, if I was in a boat, like, I wouldn't be freaking the fuck out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd never get in a shark cage or anything. Like, fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a big fear of snakes. I'm probably the way with snakes that you are with sharks. Like, I come across most snakes and, like, I know they're not poisonous because we don't have a lot of poisonous snakes up here. But you still see, like, big ones and they scare the shit out of me. Like, I lock up. I fucking. When I was a kid, my. I I was all I've always been scared of snakes, but there was a time that really fucked me up. Was uh, me and my brother and his friends were on these rocks down by the beach, and there was this huge snake just sprawled out on a rock, and I just froze and stood there <laughs> as everybody else left me there. Yeah. And finally, I made like a dash and ran all the way home and made my dad come back with me to get my bicycle. <laughs> Snakes are scary, dude. It's just a muscle yeah. that's intent on killing something. Like that's, that's scary, man. But I have gotten better. I have seen them in in the wild and shit, and I don't freak out. Like mostly because I know they're not venomous. If I live down south, like that's a big problem with me thinking about like moving down south. Is that like I don't think I could live with that type of anxiety. Finding a snake in your garage that's probably poisonous and shit. Checking your shoes before you put them on to make sure there's like nothing's crawled in there and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck all that. I kind of did just beat a crippling fear now I think about it. I just got LASIK eye surgery. Yeah, you did. You were still wearing your glasses, though. These are blue light glasses, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... Uh, what is that? That's for, like, looking at screens? Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's I still see the color blue, so I call bullshit, but I'm trying them out. <laughs> but the uh yeah, I got laser eye surgery and I was so anxious up to the point where I laid on the table and I was like, "Well, we're doing it. Here we are." Like when you get to those moments where it's like you have so much anxiety leading up to it and then you get to it, that shit you just handle it like a boss at that point. You can't just let it cripple you. You've signed up to do it or you're dealing with it, whether it's like a situation or whatever you fucking knuckle down and you do it. So I laid on. How did that work though? Like, did they just put eye drops in your eyes that like numb your eyes up or something? So what they did was they put uh, numbing eye drops in a bunch of them. They're like, we are not going to be stingy about this. So they put a bunch of numbing eye drops in, which is weird 
because you feel your eyelids, but you feel them weird. Like you can feel where your eyes connect to something, but all you feel is where they connect. So your eyelids still have feeling, but your eyeballs don't. So that and was they don't, very strange. Like it paralyzes them; they can't move. No, you can look around just fine. Like it's just. Oh you really? Can't feel well, them. how do you keep your eyes still while they're shoving shit in there? What they do is they put little uh, clamps under your eyelids. Which are not sharp. They like were sharp in the seventies. They're not clockwork orange shit. But they, uh, yeah, they put those under your eyes and hold them open. They said, blink as much as you want to. It won't work. But it's not. Don't like try and keep yourself from blinking. Just let your body do what it's doing. And then they put this machine over your face, and they put an object between you and the machine so that the machine doesn't crush your face. And the object has a good bit of pressure on it, and it kind of like bulges your eye. And they say, look at the red light. And they're like, okay, now the red light is like a circle of lights around it. And they said, okay, now the red light's going to turn green. And it's not because the light turns green. It's because whatever they're doing to your eye makes your perception of color change. So the red light turns green. And they're like, you don't see any lasers or anything. But everything starts to go out of focus. And they're like, and you won't be able to see in three, two, one. Everything just goes white. You can't see like it's not like uh, like it, it just naturally happens. It doesn't feel abrupt. Everything just goes out of focus and it's white. And then they're like, OK, let's do the other eye. And they do the same thing with the other eye, except now they change the topography of your eye to make it sharper. So they roll the bed around in a circle to another machine and they continuously are dripping in both your eyes, this numbing shit. And then it's the same deal. Just focus on that light. Don't talk. Try not to breathe too hard. Just keep breathing. Blink as you need to, whatever. And then you can see them come into your eye with a hook. And this hook, they just like, you see them like moving north on your eyes. They're just moving it and moving it and moving it. And what they're doing is they're taking the layers of your eyeball and they're moving them away while they blast your eyes with lasers. And uh, you can't tell what's going on, whatever. They eventually then put those layers back down. They do the other eye and they lift the machine off you and they're like, you're done. They told me you'll be able to see just fine as soon as it's over. That was a lie. They told me you'll be able to go to work the next day because you'll be able to see just fine. That was also a lie. Don't let them lie to you, people. That's not how this works. (laughs) A lot of fog, a lot of like lights glow like with a big halo around them so you can't read details in them and stuff like you can't see closed captioning for shit i just sat and watched game of thrones after that so yeah that's laser eye surgery and now i see like i'm wearing glasses all the time i thought it would be some profound event but it's really so far not yeah but i mean it hasn't been it's only been what two days three yeah like could be like it's not bad at three days out it's not bad at all how long did it come? How long did it take for your vision to come back at all? Like, how long were you blind? Oh, like thirty seconds. Ah, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Everyone who walked out had a smile on their face, except me. I was just like, "It's not bad, I promise." As I walked past people in the room, like hiding the fact that it was terrible. And the night of was the worst. They're like, "Take sleep aids, do whatever you can to not feel what's about to happen," and it was the probably the second worst pain i've ever felt in my life is waking up from a dead sleep with a sleep aid and your eyes are horrifically painful but it only happened once and it was the night of and then after that it was fine can you like put ice on them or anything 
Nope, can't have anything touch your eyes except for the medicated really? drops, and they want you to put in like artificial tears every hour. Why wouldn't they just give you some of that numbing stuff for the night? It's a better question for them than me, my friend. I don't know. Yeah, like what the fuck, numbing eye drops? Like that's you should be able to get a prescription for that. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, the eye drops they give me actually burn for a second, so I don't know what the deal is with that. But like, I can't touch my eyes. I can't let anything, any water touch cuts my eyes. In your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, like they they literally like put little horseshoe cuts in my eyes and move my lenses around and shit. Yeah. See, my vision isn't bad enough to wear, and like wearing glasses doesn't bother me. So like, cause mine's for distance and it's not too bad. It's just like everything in the distance is blurry and it was giving me headaches. So I needed to get glasses, but my prescription's not like that thick or anything. So I don't think I'd ever bother getting it, but I understand people like you were like super blind, right? Like your glasses are. Oh yeah. Decent. I couldn't see shit. I have a friend named Greg and like LASIK, his eyes are so fuck LASIK will not fix his eyes. Jesus. Like, he was, apparently his, he had a really, really bad eye when he was, like, in the womb. Like, his eye developed bad. That was the way the eye doctor explained it to him. Fuck his mom. That's bullshit. So, so instead of his brain shutting off his bad eye completely to keep his good eye working, it shut off his good eye to make the bad eye work as well as possible. So he, so he has, like, a perfectly good eye that just, like, doesn't work. Damn. Like, there's nothing physically wrong with it. I know a guy, he uh, he got a Red Rider brand slingshot for his kids. And he was going to show them how it worked. And he had goggles on. He's like, always wear your goggles while you do this. And he missed three shots. He's like, I can do better. So he lifted the goggles up onto his eyebrows. And he pulled the string back, or pulled the cord back. And it snapped, and it hit him right in the eyeball. And he's all but blind in that eye. He literally shot his eye out with a red rider, <laughs> which is the, the plot of a Christmas story. And uh, st- he uh, he can only detect light with that eye, and LASIK isn't an option for him. He just fucked over his eye, and I convinced him to start wearing an eye patch, and now he does, and it's fantastic. <laughs> My stepbrothers went to high school with a kid that put an airsoft gun to his eyeball, to like with his eyeball eyelid shut. Oh, to be no. like, see, it won't hurt, and pull the trigger and lost his eye. Oh my god! Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Are there dead and... kids on the other end of that gun? No, the airsoft gun. No, what I'm saying is, did he kill the people who shot his eye out? Because that. Would no, be... he did it to himself. Oh, he did it to himself. He put it to his own eye to be like, look, this won't hurt you. Okay, well that's a shot himself moron. in the eye. God damn! Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, man. I feel bad for that guy to some degree, but I also think he fucking deserves it. Anyway. (laughs) Next on the list. Close to the. How many we got left? We have three left, two of which are crossed out. Okay. Uh, One is paint a picture that I have created myself. I have done that many times, and I will cross that out next. You ever paint a picture? Um. Yeah, I've done like little things. Okay, well then there you go. You got that one crossed out too. Uh, next ones are a little creepy. Have sex with a virgin. Did that. And uh, have sex on my birthday. Did that at the same time. With the virgin? Yep. Crossed out. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone? Two birds, one stone. Yep. 
So, yep. Kind of wish it didn't end on that one. I want to ride a horse, everybody. <laughs> if anyone knows and a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve years ago was a long time, folks. Yeah, that's fine for a twenty-year-old. Yeah, no. I was. Surpri- I'm surprised at twenty years old you hadn't already had sex with a virgin. Yeah, no, no. The girlfriends I had were a little more experienced, but you know that was. I found one that she and I were similar in that regard, but not quite the same. So, yep. <laughs> yep. It was uh yep. That was the whole thing that happened. So there's my uh, life goals from twelve years ago. Hell yeah. <laughs> You've I've compl- you you got a good chunk of that list taken care of. Yeah, I did like a lot. I'm looking at it now. My girlfriend's like, "You must keep this." I was like, "I want to throw it away right now." And she put it on my desk, and that's when I saw this and I was like, "Ooh, here's a good episode." <laughs> yeah. So one of your things was do stand-up comedy. My like goal for one of our shows <laughs> is to I want to do like a live. I want to do like a panel at like a convention. That would be dope. Like do like do like like a live comment movie commentary or like think up some fun topics that are nerdy to just talk about. I think about a lot of like Dragon Ball Z ones, like and and just like or like you know kind of like movie like uh, not conspiracy but like movie theories. Like have fun comical theories on movies and stuff and characters and. I think it would be a fun time. Well, I mean, I, do you want to get into it? We got we have one in the slate before I pulled out this list. The characters that actually belong in Arkham Asylum versus the ones that are there in the DC universe. Yeah. Yeah, Arkham Asylum is home to mostly Batman's villains, but not all of Batman's villains are technically insane. They're just criminals. Like, a normal criminal, whether it has superpowers or not, would not go to Arkham Asylum. It's a mental hospital. <laughs> like, it's a mental prison, basically. Like I said, so, like, Mr. Freeze isn't crazy. He's a genius. <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's not doing what he's doing because he's insane. He just happened to get also get this crippling frost disability that he has. <laughs> <laughs> like, he had to design his own prison cell. Yeah. Like, yeah. And his own restraints and yeah. everything. Like, like, the penguin is not a psycho. He's a mob boss. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they wouldn't send Tony Soprano <laughs> to su- superpower crazy prison just because he was a mob boss that had a funny name. Well, I think that does kind of speak to why they're there though blackgate i feel like they don't have the resources for supervillains, do they they just put regular ass yeah they people do in there no yeah that that is a that is a regular but all of batman seem to go to arkham asylum to arkham for some reason <laughs> yeah like there are other prisons killer croc is also insane but a superhero or supervillain rather so like putting him in Arkham Asylum makes sense because he's insane because he wants to eat people because he's a monster man but like yeah but that doesn't make him insane he just is a monster there's all well like yeah but there's insane people in Arkham Asylum who I think belong in Blackgate like Victor Zaz he's insane 
but he's not getting, like, psychological treatment there. He just wants to carve people up with a knife. Put him in Blackgate. There's no reason he needs to be in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, he's too dangerous to be around, like... I mean, I guess, if I mean, if you would consider Arkham, like, a supermax prison, which it seems to be, it is in the video games, yeah. at least, like, this, <laughs> It's like, but it's supposed to just be like a mental hospital prison ward, basically. Yeah. But you, yeah, you have people that have superpowers or that are just really stabby. <laughs> like, they're too, they're too dangerous to be around the regular population. But, yeah, Gen Pop doesn't work for Victor Zaz, but, like, it also creates room to generate new villains like Hugo Strange who wouldn't be a supervillain unless he was in charge of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Well, and it's also like for a supermax, very like well-established and accredited institute, these motherfuckers break out left and right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's you're not doing Batman. a very good job. Yeah, like you're not even really you, you haven't rehabilitated one single person. <laughs> like we can definitely say Joker belongs in a supermax asylum for sure. Yeah, like the Joker is crazy. Harley Quinn is crazy. Like they lost their sanity. Like Mister Freeze knows very well what he's doing. And is doing it purposefully. Like the other one, like Joker and Harley Quinn are just agents of chaos because they're fucking nuts. Right. Like Hannibal, uh, I believe it's the movie Red Dragon where he's like, why do you think I'm in here? And uh, Will Graham's like, well, I had advantages over you. He's like, ah, what are those advantages? And Will Graham goes, well, you're insane. And to that, Hannibal has nothing to say because he knows he is. So, like, Hannibal would belong in Arkham Asylum. Mr. Freeze is just like, I really want to unfreeze my dead wife. Yeah. And they, they, people were really mad, and I think they've rectified it now, but they had changed his storyline. And they just ruined any, like, relatability or, like, compassion you had for the character. Because they changed it to where. Nora was not his wife. She was just a frozen lady that he was at the laboratory he was working at, and he made this whole thing up in his head that she was his wife, and, like, he needed to save her and all this shit. Like, he just became infatuated with her. And he had, like, killed his grandmother when he was a child and shit like that. Like, he was just... They made him into a crazy person. But that's less cool. But, like, if... Let's say Ra's al Ghul was ever captured. <laughs> no, he's not psychotic at all. No. He's, he's one of the most brilliant people on the planet. <laughs> like, like, not that intelligence and, and your psychological state are directly linked, but, like, he knows that he's in control of all of his faculties. He knows exactly what he's doing. Who else do you think doesn't belong there that belongs there though i think those two the penguin and bane bane doesn't bane is not crazy no bane's just an asshole bane's extremely intelligent and like of sound mind like he's he's not you have to be like erratic and i don't know like have no regard for human life i feel like mr freeze 
and like Ra's al Ghul, people like that, like they understand that sacrifices need to be made. But that does not mean they like they enjoy doing it. They don't take pleasure in it. They understand that this is how this works. Yeah. Like Thanos, like the the, the strongest fa- sacrifices require the strongest will. Like they are strong willed people that know like you have to do some hard shit to make big changes. Yeah, like the Mad Hatter belongs there. Calendar yeah. Man belongs there. People who are clearly insane belong there, but Blackgate yeah. is a prison yeah. that is an option. Yeah. And also, like, they it isn't like they'd be giving Bane venom in prison. Right. <laughs> like, so he could just go to a regular prison and he'd be a regular guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And, like, even the crazy people who are just too dangerous to rehabilitate should be in Blackgate. Victor's ass. Or, yeah. like, Man Bat happens to be a monster, but he's not a crazy person once you unbat no, he's a, him. he's a scientist. Exactly. <laughs> like, he's not crazy at all. He just was like, whoops, <laughs> spilled the wrong vial in my juice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, like, Scarecrow should be in Arkham Asylum. Two-Face. Like, Two-Face could Riddler. go either way. Well, he's crazy. (laughs) He literally thinks he's two different people. (laughs) That's true. Um, The Riddler could go either way. Because he doesn't... He doesn't pose much of a physical threat. So if you put him in in a regular prison, there isn't much he would be able to do. Like, you don't have to worry about him killing anybody, really. (laughs) Like... But, I mean, technically he's crazy with his, like psycho obsession for riddles and mm-hmm. like it causes him to you know kill people yeah and like at the end of hush which i'm gonna spoil that for everybody right now if you want to read hush not that terrible excuse of a cartoon they released it's like everyone is convinced to behave in ways that don't make any sense at all and when it all comes down to it, even though he faced a new bad guy and all this other crazy shit happened, he's like, I know who's actually behind all of this. And he goes and visits uh, the Riddler, who's in the geriatric ward of Arkham Asylum at that point. And the Riddler's like, eh, I had one more good one in me. And like, this <laughs> is pretty much how it ends. Is he's like, well, yeah, I did it. I'm good. So like, <laughs> the people like that, I do feel like belong in Arkham Asylum. But just because somebody's a big scary monster or happens to have superpowers, it makes Arkham Asylum a more valid prison than it is a rehab facility, which is what an asylum is in theory supposed to be, though it has never worked out that way in reality either. Yeah. That's why I like the raft in Marvel. Yeah. It's just a giant super max prison for metahumans <laughs> makes way more sense than arkham asylum yeah. it's like you're all kept away if you got superpowers even if then even if it's technology based and you don't have it we will keep you here so you could not possibly get your hands on anything and make another one <laughs> speaking of which i feel like lex Luthor did a, a very brief stint in arkham asylum do you think he would belong there um 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, he's also gone to regular prison. Yeah, and he becomes the fucking president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he becomes the president after being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> However, that works. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he does. He's uh, he's had bouts with psychosis, so it depends on his mental state. I mean, he's a megalomaniac. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's no denying that. Yeah, so. I don't know. I think those are all prime examples of people who shouldn't be and should be in Arkham Asylum. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely more of a prison than an asylum. They should rename it to Arkham Supermax. <laughs> That's I think our point. Yeah. Or you know, just use your other prisons, your Bell Reeves, your Black Gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was there was a cartoon on Adult Swim? I think it was called Supermax, where everybody kills yeah, everybody yeah. at the end. Super Jail. Super Jail. That show yeah. was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was an acid trip of a show. Yeah, that was wild. Anyway. But, yeah, but hell yeah, we said we were gonna make this a short one before we recorded, but this is pretty long, it's... and I'm going to piss my pants. So. Yep. So this has been hanging with the homies, and we will see you later. Stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs>